Yeah. Hi there. Now I'm ready. Yes, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed on BFAM 109.6, and I have Jason J. High Hightower with me. I'll be interviewing him in just a couple minutes, so he's going to hang out with me. Um, so I'm so glad you guys, I hope you guys all come back. Sorry about that. Um, he's going to hang out with me, and um, let me close that one to make sure that nobody's there. And we can get this show started. All right. So you guys know how I am with my technology. I'm trying to figure it out every week. And um, so how I get this show started, remember, on Joy Exposed, when Joy is exposed, everything just feels better. And we always start off with three cheers for the week. So cheers of joy, we call them. And I hope you guys in Radio Lands are all ready for the three cheers, because I am. So tonight I'm using for my cheers a bottle of Menage a Trois. It is a California red wine. I think I did this about three weeks ago. It's really convenient for me to pick up at the Walgreens. And I'm, we had to get some tonight because I haven't been drinking this week. So just so I can stay consistent with all of you, all 83,000 of you, you guys are expecting me to have a cocktail. So here it is. So first thing I'm toasting this week is that there were 83,000 listeners last week. So cheers to 83,000 listeners last week. Now, I'm not going to know what the numbers are until probably Tuesday because my producer has kind of set me up in the station and letting me fly. So I'm kind of producing, but not producing my own show. He'll have to edit that and stuff when he before he puts it on our podcast. So 83,000 listeners, that's my first toast. So cheers to that. Mm. And then my second toast for the week um, is that I kind of had an epiphany. If you were looking at my Facebook live, my Facebook yesterday, or listening to me kind of rant this week about how I felt so blue and tired, you know that I'm kind of struggling where I am in my career. Um, not struggling like I'm not doing well, but struggling like I'm ready for something else. So today, when I was trying to explain it to someone, I had this amazing epiphany because they pointed out that teaching was a gift. And I recognize the gift of teaching, and I recognize that in me. It's it's kind of in my family. I mean, my uncle, my grandfather, my daughter, like teaching is just kind of what my family does. So I, I recognize that in myself. But what I found out is that no longer is the universe expecting me to teach a curriculum handed to me by somebody else. I'm the curriculum. So now I've transitioned from teaching those that are given to me just because of a point of their life to now I'm teaching those who are coming to me because they want what I have and they need to move forward. So that was my epiphany. It's a growth moment. So I'm cheers to that, of course. You got to celebrate that. And then my last, so this is the third of three. I was asked, you guys know I went to Oakland last weekend to do a reading from my book, The Virtues of Joy, and um, it was amazing. I'll talk about that in a little bit after I speak with uh, Jason about his artwork, and I'll maybe tell you a little bit about it before then. But anyway, after that weekend in Oakland, I got a call and asked if I would consider being a featured author for September 2020 of this huge book conference in California. So I was really excited about that because I mean, some of the great authors have been a part of it. And I'm just, I was overwhelmed looking at the list when I went on the website to see those who come before me. And I believe this is the 
third next year will be the 13th or 14th year. So I feel really good about that considering I'm fresh out the gate two years. And now all of a sudden, because of just the fluky trip that I took, I've been asked to be a part of something greater. So that's definitely a celebration. So cheers to that. Um, and I didn't really have, you know, going to a Facebook post of the week. I didn't really have a Facebook post of the week. I don't think I didn't write anything down. But what I did think about this week was how crazy my weekend had gone. And it was really just a test of my patience and faith of if I actually believe in what I say I believe in. Because, you know, we all just say that we believe we believe in God and we believe in how the universe moves us. But it's such an abstract idea. So we say we believe in it, but do we really believe in it? And how do you know? And da, 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 da. So let me just give you, I have about um, four minutes before I have to take a quick break. But I'll tell you just a quick synopsis of my weekend trip to Oakland that was supposed to, I mean, it was quick anyway. I'm coming from Tampa. Tampa to Oakland, back to Tampa, all within like 48 hours. So it was going to be fast anyway, all for the sake of the book, um, the reading. So I left out on Saturday afternoon. And if you remember on Saturday, we had those crazy storms in the Midwest with tornadoes and all of that happening across Texas. So my flight was delayed out of, where did I go? My first late now my flight was cheap i'm gonna tell you that less than 200 dollars round trip to san francisco so that was our that lets you know i already had a layover because it was so cheap <laughs> but um so i flew from tampa to phoenix so i get to phoenix and my flight is delayed until like 10 o'clock it would leave at 10 and i was there at like six so i talked to a travel agent who put me on a flight to oakland which made sense because the reading is in Oakland. Reading was in Oakland. My Airbnb was in Oakland. So yes, I'll go to Oakland. I leave out an hour later, get to Oakland about about 10 instead of leaving at 10. And my luggage was headed to San Francisco. So now it's 10 o'clock at night. I don't have any luggage. Well, 10.30 maybe, no luggage. My reading is at noon the next day and my luggage is going to San Francisco. So I'm already like, okay, so... If I don't have any books, I can always sell them or read from them off my computer. So I'm going in my mind the different contingencies, right? Like, what can I do if this, if that? So I decided whatever, I had it, and uh, I'd figure it out. So I said to myself, I'm going to tell my Uber driver to stop by the store this sounds so simple. Stop by the store. I'll run in, get some toothpaste, deodorant, you know, some soap so I can bathe, you know, that kind of thing. And as soon as my Uber driver requested, the little message popped up that said he was deaf or hearing impaired. And I was like, it's, it's 50 degrees. It's raining. I'm in a city that I've never been in and I don't have any luggage. And now my Uber driver is deaf. So I was just like, okay, you can't get upset about this. It's just a part of it. So I ended up sending him a text message. So he didn't get the text message, but I showed it to him in the car when I got in and we started writing notes back and forth and he took me to Walmart. Now, you guys all know Walmart 11 o'clock at night is not even the place to go for something quick. And I was unhappy. I was not really unhappy about it. I just had this weird calm about myself because I thought this has got to be... Um, 
a comedy of errors and I'm being recorded to see how I handle each one of these things, right? So I just went with it. So we're getting ready to go to break real quick. And when we come back, I can finish that story later after Jason. You guys just remember where I left off. This is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And when Joy is exposed, remember, everything just feels better. Be right back. Mwah. Okay. Hey, Jason. Hey, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Learning the technology, man. That's what I've always do. I'm learning something new. Can you learn it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to come up on your part and I'll I'll welcome you and then talk about you running for president. <laughs> and oh okay. And uh, then I'll let you kind of talk about, you know, your ideas on that, you know, just kind of introduce you and let you get your footwork. And uh, so then we'll go into, we'll have another break and then we'll go into the next segment and you talk about your gifts of being an artist and, you know, how you found them and what you do with them and, you know, the favorite part, your favorite part about it. The whole premise of the show is just, um, kind of um, spotlighting guests who have found their own self enough to step out in, into the light, right? So um, thank you for coming on and sharing that. Oh, sure. So do you have any questions before we go back on the air? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, okay. Absolutely, that's <laughs> like what's gonna happen? People can turn their station off. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that we don't want them to, but they can definitely do that. So. Uh, yeah, so that's what we'll follow up on that and do that in about a minute. Okay. Let me see. I'm getting a message. What's happening with what? <laughs> Let's see. I'm on the air. On a break. Oh, that's what they're Maybe that's what they're asking. I don't know. Okay. So um, then we'll talk about um, once you... Uh, finish, then I will, I think I'm, I don't know if it's going to disconnect you or disconnect me. Hmm. Um, okay. Cause there's usually, my producers usually connected to it. Right? What'd you say? We're doing two segments, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my producer, he said he can't see the Facebook live. Let me see. Okay. Uh, go back in. I have to switch over. Let me see. Hmm. He said he can't see it. Uh, let me see if I can see it real quick. How much time do I have? Okay, I got less than a minute. So let me see if I can figure this out real quick. Uh, oh, they say, oh, they're looking at the other one. No, yeah, the other. Uh, this one isn't showing. Hold on. When I had to switch over, that's what they're saying. They can't see this one that I'm on right now. Where is it? Hold on. I don't even know where it is. I'm on here. I think I'm, I don't know if it's going to disconnect yeah, there it is. you or disconnect me. Oh, here they're they. They can't see this one that I'm on right now. Oh, now here it is right now. Okay. <laughs> they can hear everything I just said. I'm like, I don't even know where it is. I don't know if it's going to disappear. Yeah, there it is. Or 
Oh, here they, they can't see this one that I'm on right now. Oh, yeah, here it is right now. Okay, let me turn this down. All right, so you're going to have to go back on the air. hear everything I just said. All right. So I had to turn that one down so I wouldn't hear it. But they now my daughter is on it, so she can, Um, they found it. So let me see. Okay, Stephanie says she can see it. Um, Where is he? He's asking about it. Let me see. This is crazy. Crazy, crazy. All right, this is why you need your producer to stay in the studio because I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so we're gonna we're back. So this is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed on BFAM 109.6, and I'm back with my guest, Jason J. High Hightower. So before we get into with Jason, we have a new bedtime story starting tonight, and it's from one of my authors. His name is Stephen Leon Brown. He is um an author of a book, Bottom of the Map. So I'll read some of that to kick off our bedtime story tonight. And but before we get into that, because you know that's at the very end, I just want you guys to know we are having it. And I'll tell you a little bit about Stephen later. But for now, we have our upcoming guest is Jason J. Hi, Hi Tower. Are you from Atlanta, Jason? Hey. No, I'm not from Atlanta. I'm from Tifton, Georgia, South Georgia. But I've been in Atlanta for like over 20 years. Okay, I have a really good friend. Her family's from uh, Tifton. That's funny. We'll have to talk about that another time. <laughs> anyway, so welcome, Jason. So a couple things that the audience needs to know before we get started is that one, you are a visual artist, and I want to ask you about using that um, tag, a visual artist, and two, you're running for president. Yes. So... Which one do you want to go with first, the visual artist or you running for president? I'm open to talk about them both. Um, hey, uh, we'll talk about <laughs> the visual artist. So, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell me about the visual artist. A couple things I thought about with you saying that is that is it getting to a point that you have to distinguish yourself from so many different types of artists, or what is it in particular you're doing with that tag as a visual artist? Um, yeah, a lot of it is distinguishing from um, different types of artists because, you know, everything is an art form as far as dance, music, writing, whatever, acting, and the fact that I hang around a lot of musicians and singers. So when they see me and they say I'm, I'm an artist, it's like, oh, what songs do you sing? What do you like? Uh, no, I can't. Okay. I'm a visual artist. So okay. that's why I have to make that um, disclaimer. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I saw that and I was like, okay, that's cool. And you do something also with technology. So is it with technology or what else What else did you do? Well, I am a graphic designer. I do graphic, um, design. graphic design by day. I work for an ad company and then it's art by night and steadily growing that into my into a future empire of just art. Isn't that interesting to think of how, to, how you're trying to balance your um, art with your... Your your biweekly paycheck with the, what you have. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've heard you talk about that. Yeah, yeah. that's like. that's difficult. Mm -hmm. Do you because find it's like it you difficult? Have the dream and you have this passion, but you have to fund it as well. So, right. In meantime, in between time, you have to do something. Absolutely. So when you so you're a visual artist and you mainly paint or draw, or both. 
both. I paint, I draw, I use acrylic, watercolor. Right now, watercolor is my favorite. Okay. Color pencils, charcoals, pencils, markers. Pretty Anything. much everything except for oil. Oh, for the oils. Yeah. Just because okay. I like doing things very fast and oil like dries very slow. Okay. Well, what do you, um, so what do you think, what was the thing that made you realize that this was just a gift inside of you? Like what did, what made you know that? Um, well, I was drawing ever since I was a little kid. And the funny thing is like, I had a Winnie the Pooh coloring book as a kid, like eight years old. And mm. I was like, had a big picture of Winnie the Pooh on the cover. I was like, I want to draw that without tracing or anything. So I sat there and sketched it out and I managed to do it. And right. it's like, okay, it's like, okay, I got a talent for this. My parents actually recognize it too. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I would do sketches of my brothers and stuff like that. Of your brothers. So you were doing people. That's difficult, right? That's yes. one of the things that people have a hard time with. Yeah, it's tricky, but it's my favorite subject is to do people and just to capture the little, um, the emotions and the, yeah. the work inconsistencies um you know and all the little things that just makes that person their characteristics that make them them yeah just even those tiny nuances that almost make you smile or not just kind of pegging those two of the pictures that you sent me and i'll have those up on my facebook for any of you guys that are looking at facebook and i also tag on jason and them so you can see more of his art and also on instagram one was of um uh what's biggie smalls yes biggie yeah, Biggie. So one was a Biggie, and I at first I thought the one with Prince was my favorite because I had seen that one a while ago. But then when I saw the one with Biggie, and I noticed that you have the map of Brooklyn kind of an underlay behind yes. the picture. Absolutely. I love that. Do you still have that, or did you sell that one? No, I still have that. I still have the original. You have it. Do you sell you sell copies of them? I do sell copies. I sell the original too. If you want to buy it? <laughs> that was i mean that's just that first i was like what's behind there and then i was like oh that's a part of it to be able to make that connection of where of home for him where he always talked about and was so dear to him and then just to have that picture it almost looks like an actual picture with a photograph that someone took of him so i'm gonna have to put that on my facebook for people to see that so what um do you just draw anyone or like, how do you choose? Um, usually it's like, I'm a big fan of music and it's usually music that inspires me to do my painting. So when a lot of that is hip hop and neo soul and maybe like some 80s pop R&B. So that's kind of um, who I draw from. Also the fact that it's like these musicians that I pick, they kind of bring back memories for people. Like when you hear those Biggie songs or hear a Prince song, you remember mm-hmm. those times when you heard those songs and who right. you were with or hanging out on trips with friends or that loved one you was with or whoever or partying with yeah. your boys or your girls. And so it's like it gives that connection along with the art. Okay. And I, re- I let me tell you guys, my audience, because I know I have the best guest on my show and I'm new and I have the best guest, but I meet the most amazing people. And I met Jason at, um, it was a cigar and erotic poetry event. Yes. I forgot the name of yes. it. It was, uh, yeah, it was something, it was a cigar and erotic poetry. And like it the is. waitresses had on like body paint or lingerie or something yeah yeah body paint it was like yeah it was a really cool event 
Yeah, it was like dark and smoky and then like the big leather seats and then like some tables. And it was one of my first readings because I hadn't been published for um, very long. And it was one of my first readings. And um, I was so nervous reading. <laughs> I okay, just- no, I did that with your first. I was blown away. The whole room was blown away when you did that reading. <laughs> Everybody was like, whoa. Whoa, yeah, yeah. But I was, I didn't, it was only, I think I published in April or May and that event might've been in like September, maybe October. So I hadn't had many readings. I just, someone recommended me for it and I went. So that was, and that was, at the time that was the largest crowd of people. And I remember being able, when I started talking to you, it just gave me, it almost kept me grounded to, because I was doing something other than thinking about I was going to be reading, right? It was like, you were my diversion. <laughs> and you were telling me that um, you will do your drawings or painting with someone playing music, right? Yes. So do you still do that now at different venues or? Yes, I absolutely do. I have one main show I do monthly called I Heart and Soul, where I do... Um, Painting Live is at a little cafe in Atlanta called Cat's Cafe. Um, matter of fact, we got another show coming up June 12th, Shameless Plug. Um, but yeah, Get so it in. This like, is the time to plug it. Yeah, so we have like um, two or three soul singers, maybe a guitarist or keyboard player. And as they're singing, I paint. Um, so the crowd gets to see me actually create a piece. Wow. As, you know. Yeah. So they're not think you didn't bring it with you and you're selling it. They're watching right. you go from scratch to and you usually get them completed in the time that the performer is performing or it varies on the detail of the piece, but I'll have it to a point to where it's very much recognizable. Sometimes it is almost finished. Um, but yeah, it's like so they get yeah. to see the entire creative process pretty much. Wow. Or just just seeing art just hanging on the wall and having no idea how it got made. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So whatever. I just checked my phone trying to see who couldn't get the live, but whatever. Forget that. Anyway. So um yeah, so I haven't been able to attend your Cats Cafe um event and I would like to. And I know that I won't be able to probably won't do it this summer. I have to do it in the fall because my summer is pretty um I'm just trying to get my life, my mind together about what the hell I'm going to do. <laughs> so, well, hey, we'll still have it rolling. It's like every second Wednesday. Every second. Okay, the second yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, so that's Cats Cafe Atlanta, the second Wednesday of the month. And you get to see Jason um, paint while the artists perform, while the musicians perform. And you'll get to watch his creative process. And I know many of you are in Atlanta because that's where we are. And, um, you know, go out and check him out. His name is Jason J. High Hightower. And we'll be back after this break. You're with Joyce Lynn Wells on Joy Exposed. And remember, when Joy's exposed, everything just feels better. We'll be right back. I hope I'm timing these breaks right. <laughs> if not, for, if Facebook, we don't have to have the breaks. But for the airtime, we do have to have the breaks. So I... Whatever it's it's out there, and you know there's so there's music commercials and stuff. If right. they didn't start immediately, they will start. So that's they he'll figure that out. You can't leave me by myself to my own devices. <laughs> so whatever, but um, so you 
what else do you do in Atlanta? I know you do the Cats Cafe and you just do some kind of solo stuff on your own or what do you do? Um, I do some different events. Um, I might paint live at other events. I do group art shows. Occasionally I'll have my own solo art shows. Okay. What, and that's what I want to talk about that. Do you have anything scheduled for an art show yet coming up? Do I have one scheduled? Um, don't have the dates yet. I got some stuff coming up, but I don't have the dates yet. Okay, so definitely let me know when you get the date so we can put that on because I definitely like to come and be a part of it and just to talk about it because I think it's probably something we should be talking about on the air. I may bring it back up, but I think that it's and now with technology, um, everything's so fast. It's just good for people to actually get to see the creative process, to be a part of it, because it helps them to tap in their own kind of natural abilities. Right. And we, a lot of people miss that because they everything comes so fast, you know. So um, I may bring that back up when we come back on in just yeah. a minute. Yeah, that's that's very important. And then we definitely have to talk about you running for president this next time. Okay, too. yes, we will talk about We have to talk about that. I love that, right? Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. So let's see. My mom just texted me. What'd she say? Okay, my okay, mom, I see you. She can't see me on Facebook. She can see me on Periscope. Okay. Okay, mom. Let me see if I can send her the link. All right. Um copy before we go back on. All right, let me get ready. Yeah, she's my, my mom is like my huge fan. She makes sure she's on. She wants to see the artists. She wants to know who they are and talk about them tomorrow. And she talks to her girlfriends. So, <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to get ready. It is, yeah, we'll get ready to go on now. Let's see. I'll wait about 15 more seconds and we'll go back on. So I'm trying to see how many, everybody's on here. Oh, there's Stephanie. It's like, what? I don't know what she's talking about. Okay. All right. It's Joyce Lynn Wells with Joy Exposed on BFAM 109.6. And remember, when Joy is exposed, everything just feels better. And tonight, I'm with Jason J. High Hightower. He's a visual artist, and he lives in Atlanta. He's pretty much like all of us. It's his second home. He was transplanted there, and he's fallen in love with it. And it's where he is growing. He's planted, and he's his roots there and he's growing there. So Jason, we're back from break now and Facebook land, you know, we had an awesome conversation, but everyone else, you missed it. Um, but we had to pay some bills. So there you go. I was talking to Jason about um, upcoming art shows and he said he would keep us posted yeah. so that you guys can be a part of it. Just don't forget the second Wednesday in Atlanta at Cat's Cafe. And it's a uh, just a quaint, intimate space, right? I yes, think I've been to Cats once yeah. before. Yep. Yeah, it's very intimate, great food, drinks. People sing along with the singers. It's just a real comfortable thing. The name of the show is I Heart and Soul. I and Heart and Soul. Thing. Yeah, and the next one is like June 12th. We have Deborah Miller, who's my partner with the show, and Maya Naida. So those two helped me create the show. Um, okay. We also have a fan. Those two are singing a fantastic singer named Kai Martin and also a great guitarist named Billy Odom will be um, okay. joining us too, as well as me painting. So it's going to be a dope show. So let me see, you said they helped you to create it. So this I Heart and Soul, this was your, this is your baby? This is the baby of me, Deborah Miller, and Maya Naida. They are two okay. great singers and we've been friends for years. And um, they invited me to do some shows with them. And I was like, because they were all doing their thing anyway, singing at a lot of venues. And I was like, 
eh, I don't know, I don't know. And I think Maya mm-hmm. asked me like three times. And finally, I was like, okay, I'll do a show with y'all. Okay. So we sat down and talked about it. It's like, what can we name this? Like, okay. Um, a lot of first they said brown sugar. And I was like, no, I'm in the show. We're not naming it brown sugar. <laughs> um, well, you're some so yummy brown sugar. sugar. That's all right. <laughs> so we thought of I Heart and Soul because the I Heart, the art in I Heart. Okay. Soul for their soul singing. I also used to have the shirt that said I Heart on it. Okay. It had the letters A R T in red. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, I can see that. That's nice. Okay. So, yeah, we just did something to bring our creative talents together in the show. Okay, I think that that um, for me is um, one of the challenges that I have when people are doing stuff and I'm like, oh, you should let me come read. And you know, people are always like, like spoken word. And I'm like, no, like storytelling. Like, I'm yeah, story like when you come to Atlanta to my show, you're going to read that show. <laughs> but people always want me to do spoken word. They're like, is it spoken? I'm like, no, it's right. sensual, it's soft, it's just, but what you figure out, and I'm sure you've gone through this, people try to change your thing for what they want. Have you experienced right. that? Yeah, they try to, you know, yeah, they want to fit it in their mode. I do t- totally get that. Um, and they try to figure out, I guess the same thing with art and everything else. But yeah, I can see with your reading, they want it to be, everybody knows spoken word and Love Jones yeah. and all that. Oh, she's gonna do a read. Gonna be spoken word. We gonna snap. Like, yeah. Nah, that's not what it is. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's kind of the same thing with art, and they're expecting me to like. Sometimes they expect me to do some splatter paint, or they don't know what to expect. But yeah, yeah. Once or you they see want it, you. you get they want you to host one of those sip and paint things, and you're yes. like, yes, I get asked no. that a lot. <laughs> um, and I don't do that. I might do that in the future, but right now I'm not doing it. But yeah, yeah. I get asked that a lot. Yeah, because they're, they're like, can you host my sip and paint? And you're like, and you're going to paint some circles? <laughs> what am I? <laughs> you know, so I, I understand the camaraderie and the creative expression, you know, just doing something different. But when you take someone that's an artist, a visual artist, a great visual artist, like, you're kind of like, yeah, no, not no. Yeah. So, but, you know, I mean... Everybody has to kind of figure it out. I remember this guy I was talking to, he's doing some music for um, my movie short. And uh, he says, hey, I got this great music for you. I want you to come and talk over it. And I was like, what do you want me to say? (laughs) He's like, like, anything, anything you want to say, just, and I was like, no. (laughs) I was like, that's that's not what I do. Like. I'm a I think I'm a thinker. I'm a I put it together. It comes together. I'm like I don't do that. And he was like, Oh yeah. And then I had someone else like you can sing. Oh my God, you have a great voice. You should sing. And I'm like, No. <laughs> so I think that's funny. So I can imagine for you, you probably get people just trying to pull you into a space that's fitting what they see in here right. yeah. for their event. So I said during um, the break that. I thought it was important for people to experience you on the stage and you painting from a blank canvas Mm -hmm. because everything is so instant gratification for all of us that to go through a process. So can you kind of talk about, you talked about it some, can you talk about the amount of the detail and the importance of how you do and what you do and what you think people see or what should people see when they're watching you? 
Um, I, don't know. I guess when I think about when I'm painting, usually it's like the music moves me. So it's like while I'm actually painting, I'm actually like moving to the beat of the music a lot of time, just as I'm okay. doing brush strokes. So there's that. They get to see the different materials that I'm using, you know, if I'm using watercolor or markers. And it's like you never really see the process of how it's put on and different layers and stuff. I've had stuff that I started off and it might start a layer of just yellow. And they were like, that don't look right. That looks nothing like. <laughs> and then, like, you build it up some more layers on it. And then it's like, oh, okay. Kind of like if you saw Bob Ross back in the day and how he would put, like, different <laughs> colors and stuff on it. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. That don't look like nothing. And then, <laughs> like, 10, 20 minutes later, it's like, oh, wow, it's a tree, it's flowers, it's a river running yeah. through with an eagle flying. But, like, how did he do that? So it's kind of like, yeah, you get to see it. It's like, actually, a process. Right. And we don't... the. I know that I don't think about layers when I think about art. All I know is I can't. I don't know that I can do anything with art. Um, I can't paint. I'm not. I'm not creative in that way. I can. I can see it and appreciate it and know to love it. Right. I have that. Yeah, that's important. But just to yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. I know. I don't have that. I just. I. My thoughts are too regulated. I think my thoughts are too regulated, and it's too methodical. Right. Like it's my thoughts are in a particular order. So I can't just do something now. If it's a color by number, I can do that. Uh, right. <laughs> so what do you do when you're getting in a mind space to go in front of people and just kind of lose yourself? Because that's really you submitting to the moment and just to your creativity. What do you do to prepare for that? Um, I do a little sketching before the show. Um, it's kind of sort of a practice thing. And also it's kind of like losing myself. That's very true. Cause it's like, once I start painting or drawing, like it's like everything in the room is kind of like blocked out in this tunnel vision, just between mm -hmm. either painting or I hear music comes in and that's really it. It's like the whole world right. fades away. Yeah. And I, and I, that's one of the things that I've had to pay attention to with because it's you're giving so much of yourself to what you're doing in a room full of people and people mm -hmm. don't understand that you're really kind of submitting you're vulnerable as hell in those moments because yeah you are you're just really opening up and giving your whole heart out there in front of people yeah 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 and very that's, much with those paintings because i don't know how they're gonna turn out when i start i really right. don't and right, but you're just loving it. I don't even know what material I'm going to use. I just like, okay, I feel like using some markers. I feel like this might work, whatever. That is such, that's that's really sexy. So when you think about love sitting here thinking like, that's really hot <laughs> to just have stuff and just pick up something because you're literally, sub, you submit to whatever that, which lives inside of you to give you this, right? You submit yeah. to it. When you go through the process of, uh, when you go through this process and you paint and you've literally put yourself out there, when it's over, is there something different about you once you get to the end of it? Or, I mean, men and women are different, but I just feel like there's this sequence of events that happen when people have put themselves on display. I'm like, wow, actually, it looked like the way I wanted to come out. <laughs> uh, you know, I have this huge, I'm starting to realize lately in my life, I'm really drawn by accomplishment. So I get this like huge, like sense of accomplishment and pride just from being able to finish something. And it's funny, it's, it's kind of similar to life. It's like 
when I'm drawing or painting, it's like I'm right up on the canvas. But then once I'm done, I step away and step back and I get a better view of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. and I can really see the whole thing come together and it kind of looks a little better from a distance. Right. And maybe you, had that life. And what'd you say? What's the last thing you said? And I was going to say, maybe life is kind of like that too. Yeah. When you're in it, you don't really know. Yeah. Right. When you're in it, you don't really want. You brought up a really good point right now. You said you, the, um, something about the kind of the accolades, the attention, the reward of actually doing it. And a lot of people will say, do things for yourself, not for the attention from yeah. derived from it. Or I personally, I love accolades. Like I love kudos, the claps, the, we all, I think. I mean, we need that too, yes. Yeah, like people need that. So people say they don't need it. I'm trying to figure out like, what the hell are you made for? I want a little, <laughs> I want a, I want a applause box to open when I wake up and be like, good job, girl, you did that. Right. You woke yeah, I don't up. Think any artist <laughs> wants to put their art out there and someone not say I don't, that they like it. Like, of course I want somebody to say they like it. it looks yeah. Like the people I've seen that on Facebook where they'll say stuff like, you know, you people doing stuff for applause or attention. And I'm like, we go to work for paychecks and raises and right. <laughs> best quarter of the year. And right. we do like what who goes through life and not need that positive feedback, that reinforcement that you're doing a good job. So um I just thought I'd add that in there. What, uh, just based on what you said. So what, when you finish your art in the shows, are you usually people ready to buy them? Do people, are people um, buying them or what? What's happening? People are asking me to buy them. I'm not going to front. My stuff is, it's a little pricey. So it's like. Don't say but, it's um, pricey. It's, it's well, your, you know, it's the price of it. Yeah. yeah it's the price of it. But, um, like a lot of times I'll have it framed later for an exhibition for an art show. Right. Um, I'll do that. And I have prints available at the show if they're interested in purchasing prints of like some of my prior work as well. Right. And that's, but people, that's the thing of, you have to get to this space of understanding like how much of you you put into it. So it's not that it's pricey. You're probably underselling it anyway. You're probably selling yeah. it for less anyway. But people want, people have a tendency to want you to give it to them. And you're like, yeah, I, li I literally, I like, I'm an example. One thing that I've done, my website, I've spent so many, so many hours on it, like leading up to now I have to split it. But I've had people look at my website and they're like, oh, will you do my website for me? And I'm like, yeah, let me send you a proposal. And they're like, oh, is that much? And I'm like, right. Hey, what? <laughs> do, you, like, do you know how much time I put into this? This isn't. You do it. You learn how to do it. It's easy now. You know, like plug and play. You do it. But people, and then even my books, they want me to give it to them. They're like, oh, send me one. Bring me one. I'm like, time and effort, all of that. And you want me to give it to people free. Your experience and all of that. Right. 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 But they want, people want you to give it. And um, I heard the artists, you know, the artists that got uh, murdered in um, Los Angeles. I think his name was Nipsey. Nipsey uh, Hustle. Yeah, Nipsey Hustle they, yeah. yep. They said he made a mixtape and he was selling his mixtape for a thousand dollars. Yeah, I heard about that. I think like that is awesome. <laughs> well, see how you got the name Hustle. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And I was thinking like, how amazing do you have to be in your thoughts about what your gift is right. that you're going to put a price tag on it and those who can can and those who can't can't. But we have a tendency as artists to 
try to cater to the ones who can't. We feel like that's our best audience. When es in essence, it's the ones that can, <laughs> they're our best audience. We just don't get to them as often as the can'ts, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's a good, that's a way to look at it. But I think whatever it is you're charging for your art, um, you probably can probably charge double for it. You can raise the price, I'm sure. But you don't put yourself in a situation that you've spent 20 hours on something and somebody wants to give you $20 for it. Right. But and that's what they think. They think that, oh, you yeah. did this so easy. It was easy for you to do this. Let me just buy it. They think it's no big deal. Not knowing that you've been drawing freehand since you were eight right. and you've been right. drawing people since you were nine. They right. don't know and that. went to college for this, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> They're not factoring and, and in. Student loans for this and everything yeah. else. You know? Man, look, I went to Morehouse. Get, take right. care of my right. student loans. <laughs> Right. So they don't take all of that into consideration. And I think that's a that's a big deal. And and it's and the fact that you can say no, thank you when they offer is like for them, it's like, oh, but for you, it's like, hell, I got to eat. I got to eat more than once off of this. Like I, this is what I'm doing. So it's good that you're making prints and you're able to sell them. But I think I'm going to have a private party and then I want you to pay me. Okay. <laughs> I want to. I want to be the one being painted. Okay, and then amazing. look, then I'll buy a print. You can keep the original. <laughs> oh, <you're so> funny. <laughs> I'm like, I probably still can't afford that. I'm trying to hustle too. So um, we're going to go to break real quick and then we'll come back just to say a goodbye to Jason. This is Joyce Lynn Wells with Joy Exposed. And remember when Joy's exposed, everything just feels better. Be right back. <laughs> Okay, so you you know what I have um, the painting from my book. My girlfriend Dawn painted it and gave it to me. You know what? And I was looking at your book, and it's like I've looked at that book for a long time before I realized that was a painting of a body. I was like, I just thought it was abstract paint for a long time, and I was like, wait a minute, this is like some curves on here. That's me. It's me from the back. Okay, yeah, wow, see my okay. head at the top. And then my shoulders has got the dreads in different colors. Yes. My shoulders, my back, and my bottom. Okay. Yeah, it's I me. Love it. It's a beautiful <laughs> painting. It's actually awesome. Yes, thank you, thank you. I had someone offer me two hundred dollars for that and got an attitude, but I said no. I'm like, no. first of all, it's my first book. Second of all, it's a personal painting of a friend for me, and two hundred. You think two hundred dollars is? What? And they really got mad about it. And I was like, well, I'll see how to make some copies and you can buy a copy for 200, but I'm not selling you my book for 200, my cop, my uh, painting for $200. Yeah. So, and I can't even, I can't imagine. I love art so much. And the fact, the truth is I love art so much that when I get art, I still end up spending three, 350 for matting and framing. Yeah. So, Yeah. You still gonna you're gonna take care of it. I have pieces of art sealed away that I have to get matted in frames. Like I won't throw it in a cheap frame from somewhere. No, I won't I won't do that. Yeah. I won't like I literally won't do that. And I it may take me years to get piece after piece after piece until I get it, you know, the way that I want it. But there's definitely a level of appreciation to the artwork when you can when somebody can put it on put it on a canvas for you. That's a big deal. Yeah. 
yeah. Yeah, huge deal. And a nice frame, in the right framing really complements and brings it out, too. Absolutely, absolutely. And even the frame is usually this subtle kind of thing that you don't even notice. It just projects the painting so well that it just says, you don't, people don't even notice the frame that much. You know, it's like, wow, that's an awesome piece. And that just goes even to the framing. Right. Yeah, that goes to the framing, you know, so you have to definitely pay attention to that kind of thing. So we'll come back in and then we'll say our good night. I'll ask you. Okay. Oh, you got to tell us about the presidency real quick. OK. What's about the presidency? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Here we go. All right. This is Joyce Lynn Wells with Joy Exposed on BFAM 109.6. And we're back. We've spent the last two segments with Jason Hightower. And um, he's got something he's going to share with us before he goes. It's something I love. I enjoy seeing when he posts about it. But he announced in the midst of all of our presidential scandal and blah, 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 that he's throwing his hat in the ring for 2020. Do you want to tell us about your platform, Jason? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I decided since everyone else is running for president, why not me? So I remember, so Camilla Harris announced like the first day of, no, MLK Day. Mm-hmm. Cory Booker announced um, the first day of Black History Month. I was like, I'm going to have to wait till like Juneteenth to announce. <laughs> but um, I decided that um, on President's Day 2019, I was like, I am running for president. So yeah. I've been posting on Facebook, letting people know not to get distracted from whatever trending topic is <laughs> because I'm running for president. So I'll be, I'm running under the art party. <laughs> so, He's our right. So I'm going to have a, um, uh, presidential art campaign party later this yes. year. <laughs> Just bring the whole thing out. So that, that's me running for president. <laughs> I I thought that that was great, and I every time you post it, I just get so tickled because it's always in the moment of there's some crazy distraction happening from the news has us so caught up, and you're just like, hey, stay focused. I'm running for president. Right. That I love it. And I just laugh and I'm like, you got my vote. Right. Because it definitely lightens the mood because Facebook can get really intense. So it lightens the mood on um, what's going on. So this is Jason J. Hi. Hi, Tower. And he has a show at Cat's Cafe on it in Atlanta on the second Wednesday of each month called I Heart and Soul. The next show is at six on June 12th. Go by and see him and watch him do his thing, his freehand painting, and just watch his artwork come to light. He's a visual artist, and he is just probably an asset to the city and definitely an asset to Joy Exposed. So thank you for joining us this evening, and uh, I will talk to you soon. What'd you say? I said thank you for having me. Yes, and don't forget, guys, I'm going to tag his um, paintings on my Facebook and Instagram. So, you know, go look at his page. You see something you want, let him know. Let him know you want a copy of it. (laughs) Or the original. Or the original. original. Whatever you want to do, let him know what you're interested in. And, um, yeah, so that'll be good uh, just to give him that. Um, Just if you want to find my information, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is all. J high art, J H I G H A R T. Like J low, but opposite J high. J high art, yeah. and that's on Facebook, Instagram, and your Twitter, Twitter too? Yep. Yeah. Okay, and I'll put all of that on my website so you'll be able to go in and link to his. Um... Speaking of that, have you ever heard of this thing called Linktree? No, I haven't. 
So there's a thing called Linktree. I just found it. Like I saw it on another on a rapper's page where it's called Linktree. You go in and you put all of your social media in one space. So you give out your Linktree, go to your Linktree, all the social medias come up. And they're linked to your pages, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, your website, whatever. It's really cool. Yeah, I'll send it to you so that you can see it. But I thought, what a neat idea, because we have so many. Now we have so many places that we have information. You know, we want to give, you know, want it to be kind of con- to be concise. But I, I signed up for one and I went through and put all my stuff in it and I haven't given it out to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's ready. But it's ready. It was a great idea, and it's ready, and I haven't used it. <laughs> so I, maybe I'll give it out. <laughs> I'll send it to you. But it was a pleasure seeing you tonight, and um, you guys. Jason, this was Jason J. High High Tower, and he's our visual artist for tonight. And remember, he's running for president. Yes, J. High Twenty Twenty. <laughs> J High 2020. That's right. And we'll get together and put something together soon that maybe we can do um, an event. Um, I'd love to come up and watch you work. Yep. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and you're listening to BFAM 109.6. So we just had Jason J High Hightower as our guest tonight, and now he's gone, and it's just us, folks. We are going to we are going to continue our broadcast for tonight and uh, see what we have left. So we talked with Jason. He had some really good stuff, and then oh, we're going to talk about my transition before we get ready for the next break in about five minutes. I've literally been going through it. I know y'all don't y'all don't believe it because y'all think I live like this amazing life. I've been depressed. I think I don't know if it's depressed. That's so dramatic. It hasn't been depressed. I haven't been depressed. I've just been like blah. But I equated this energy shift with being depressed because I didn't feel like I was being productive. But what you guys don't know is that I do a lot of work all the time. So sometimes I'm just gifted with these pockets of rest and I'm trying to get to a place to appreciate these pockets of rest. So I'm getting to where I can appreciate these pockets of rest. And so instead of me saying I'm feeling depressed or I'm sad or whatever, I recognize I just need to sleep. So I was telling you guys before we left about my trip to Oakland, and I was telling you that my um, Lyft driver was deaf, right? So let me back up. So I was got to Oakland, got a Lyft because I didn't have any luggage, and I had to go to Walmart to get some stuff. So... I look at, I don't know about you guys, but I look at different parts of things that are happening around me to see if I'm where I'm supposed to be. You know, kind of a check, right? Like, should I be here? Am I supposed to be here? Is this a good place for me? That kind of thing. So I go into this Walmart. It's raining. My Uber driver, who I'm hoping is going to wait for me. So I took my bag with me into the store because I think he said he was going to wait, but he couldn't really respond when I asked him if he was going to wait. And we didn't write that on the tablet. So I was hopeful that he was going to wait. So I go into the Walmart and I go in. I'm looking for a hoodie. That's the first thing because I don't I don't know. 
listen, I don't claim to have traveled everywhere. Um, my plan is to travel everywhere, but I haven't. I didn't realize that it would be cold in California in May. Sorry, call me naive. I don't know. I didn't. So I only had on like some linen pants and a Joy exposed t-shirt because, you know, I was walking through the airport and, you know, Joy has to be exposed even in the airport. So I had on that. That's what I had. And some sneakers. It was raining and it was like 50 degrees. So I was like, damn, I need a hoodie, a jacket or something. So I went in Walmart. I'm looking for a hoodie. Hood, looking, looking. Can't find a hoodie. All summer stuff. So now Walmart acts like it's supposed to be hot, too. But as I was walking, looking for my hoodie, guess what I did find? Some leopard print shorts, baby. <laughs> and they were in my size. And I got them at the Walmart. Yes, they are cute. I can't wait to wear them this summer. Boom, boom, boom. Hips going to be in action. That's all I got to say. I'm wearing them. So I bought the, picked up the leopard shorts. They had my size. I'm not even telling y'all what the size. That's not important. But they had it. So I got the shorts. I walk around some more, still looking for a hoodie. Went to the men's department. No hoodie in there. Then I go to walk back through the ladies looking for their workout stuff because maybe I can find a long sleeve shirt or something. Couldn't find anything long sleeve, but I did find some cute pajamas. So I got me a pair of pajamas. Then I thought, well, hell, let me hurry up just in case this driver's still out here. So I'm go running through the store. I picked up a bottle of wine. So at this point, I got shorts, pajamas, a bottle of wine. I got to get toothpaste. So I went to the travel section because I got all this stuff in my suitcase and I would get it. I got toothpaste, soap, and I needed contact lens solution. So I got that, got to the counter, three lanes open. All of them had long lines, except the one that said less than 20 items. And I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. So that's two things, the shorts and the fact that there was a short line for me set out. That's where I was supposed to be because everybody knows Walmart is not my place to shop. It, it's exhausting and it's too much stuff. Like I just can't do it. But I mean, I, Y'all got to get to know me to understand me. I'm quirky like that. So I get my stuff. I buy it. Get outside. And there's my Lyft driver still waiting for me. I get in the car. He takes me to um, to my Airbnb. And I was going to, I wanted to ask him desperately to stop and get some food. But I just didn't want to go through it. So um, I went to my Airbnb. And my host was waiting up for me. So it's like 11, 1130. And she was really sweet. Um, her name is Holly. She has a great house, a beautiful garden. And I rented a room in her house. If you've never stayed at Airbnb, you're missing out. Best people ever. I have met some of the best people at Airbnb. So I stayed with Holly. She was actually flying out the next morning. And she was so sweet because I just met her. And then I was telling her I needed to go into San Francisco in the morning to get my luggage. And she was like, oh, well, I'll drive us over and you just bring my car. You can drive my car back and park it. And I thought, would I give my car to somebody I just met? <laughs> so I've got to work on that part of me. So I thought she was really sweet to offer, but I didn't really know if I would offer that. So, but I did decline because I needed to do it early because my reading was at noon. So the whole thing of that to tell you is that none of the stuff that we do on our path it's not necessarily easier or problem-free. It's just that when we are aware of it, we know that the things that will be available to us to get us to where we need. So I took the whole experience as God just saying to me, like, 
Joycelyn, this is where you're supposed to be. There's something great for you attached to this. And there's not any reason for you to worry. And I didn't, you know, I just didn't worry. I got to the holidays, I showered, put on my pajamas. I thought about, I probably should wash them first, but you know, can't get into all those semantics. It's, I don't have any, can't wash yet, it's late. So I put on my pajamas, I get in the bed and I slept so good. I slept amazing in this unknown space that felt so good. And um, then I woke up at like 5.15 in the morning and I was ready to go. And I got to ride the trolley back into San, well, into San Francisco, got my luggage and I was back by 9.30. So it was just all these little things that happened, but I kept my cool. I didn't get frustrated. And even the Airbnb host was like, you've got to be one well-adjusted woman. And I was like, why? And she was like, cause you don't have any luggage and you're just like, no problem. I'm like, well, I don't know what my options are. And she said, well, you could be pissed. And I thought, I haven't really been pissed in a long time. So, okay, maybe I am well-adjusted, but you know, that came with time. So I got my stuff and I went to my reading and, you know, it was amazing. And I realized during the reading, and there was a bunch of women there, like 30, 40, there wasn't an empty seat. And there were a couple of women standing and they were all there to see me. And I thought, how amazing is this to have the opportunity to speak my own gift to people. And that's what I just mentioned at the start of the show, being in transition of somebody giving me something and then somebody just giving me anything. And then other people are coming to me specifically for what they want from me or what I can give them. And that's an amazing place for me to be right now because my business is growing. I'm growing as a woman. I'm definitely growing as a person and um, it feels amazing. So while I was tripping yesterday about uh, the radio show, um, while I was tripping yesterday about not knowing what I was supposed to do, once I got over that, I got the message about being a featured author for next year. So all of these things are falling into place and they're taking away my worry and my wonder. And I have to say, I'm so grateful to the people around me for being so patient for me, like with me, because I think an awful lot. Like I probably think more than the average bear, right? I think a lot. I do a lot and I have people around me who have really just loved me. And I, maybe that came with my transition. So um, I don't know, but I'm very pleased. So thank you guys so much for listening to me ramble about that. And all of that's just to say for you, when you find something that you love, love it. You find your gift, Jason, our guest tonight. He found his gift. He embraced it. Gigi from last week, she found her gift. She embraced it. Nicole from the week before, her gifts, and they're varied, right? There's not one thing. We had a numerologist. We had a, a sacred sexual educator. We have a visual artist. You have me. When you find that which is of you and that you're ready to present it, and give it to the universe, I guess we cannot be afraid of what the response will be. Because if it's inside of us, it's in abundance. That's the thing that we don't run out of, right? So 
Um, we're going to go to break. I think I'm late for a break. David is going to kill me when he sees us. <laughs> but we're going to go to a quick break so I can get ready for the next segment in our bedtime story. And this is Joy Exposed. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. I'll be right back. Mwah. All right, let's see. This next. Okay, okay, Facebook. So I'm going to read tonight from bottom of the map. Let me find it. Dang, I hope I have it. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. All right, let's see if I can find the table of contents real quick. I got it. All right. All right, let's see if this is where I'm going to read it. Yeah, so I'm going to read. Um, I don't know why I'm telling y'all. Y'all already know. Facebook always gets all this stuff. Facebook and Periscope. Hi, Mom. You're on Periscope. Hi, Anita. On Periscope. Thank you, guys. Mom, I sent you the link to get it on Facebook. I don't know if you were able to get it or not. I haven't been able to look. But um, I did send you the link. So I got this ready, so I'll be able to read from that when I come back in a second. Well, in a couple of seconds. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. And next week, our guest is Shamir Falk. She is the owner of Dr. Locks, and um, she has a natural hair care, natural hair care products. So she's going to come on and talk about that. And I'm excited to she does so much stuff. She's got so many amazing products and she makes them and she has a production team and she's grown like since I've met her. Her business is growing like one product at a time, one bottle at a time, one order at a time, just like so many small business owners just trying to get to a platform of being um, of just being independent. Right. And just to be able to serve the population that you need to serve and to be able to reap the rewards of putting so much hard work into your products. So. Before we come back on the air, Facebook, one thing I want you guys to understand is that when you're looking for products and you find something that you love and you've got a small business owner or someone, you just kind of keep in mind when they're talking about their prices, they're not trying to price you out. They're trying to make a living off of what they love. And when we try to price them out or underpay them or then, you know, we're not doing much for their ego either. We're not, you know, kind of boosting them along along to be great. So sometimes you'll be able to participate. Sometimes you won't. But just understand that people who are working for themselves and people who are doing, they give a lot. They literally give a lot. And I've said this before. I probably work about 18, maybe 20 hours a day from my regular job and my own job. So, you know, that means a lot to me when I'm going out and selling my books. And um, sometimes people don't buy them. And sometimes people do. A lot of times people do. And that makes me really happy. And it makes me work even harder. So, <clears throat> okay, Facebook, we're going to go back to break. That was my little commercial about small businesses. All right. <clears throat> so this is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed on BFAM 109.6. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Now, <clears throat> Excuse me. Keep in mind, we've had a lot going on tonight. This has been a busy show. This is the sixth show, or is it the seventh show? 
I don't remember. The first one was on April 11th. Maybe somebody can come up with me, uh, come up uh, with the time for me. So let's see. April 11th, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is the seven. Lucky number seven. And remember, that was the name of the character in our bedtime story last week. In generosity. Ooh, that was sexy, wasn't it? I know, I know. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so let's see. Let's recap real quick before we move on. We still have about 20 minutes of showtime left. So we talked about... Um, our cheers of joy, our three cheers, our things that we were thankful for for this week. And I listed mine and I also had my wine. It was a menage a trois, uh, California red. And like I said, I picked that up from the Walgreens. There's nothing uh, special, not, not that it's not anything special. I just picked it up, it's convenient. It's convenient and it's about $10. I don't spend a lot of money on wine. Sorry, I can't do it because I drink the whole bottle. And what's the point of drinking $20? $30, I'll drink eight, 10. I can do that. All right. And that's like a half a book, right? So when you put things in perspective of what your product is, it's not even attractive. All right. So we talked about um, how you feed your spirit and talked about my travels to Oakland and what I've gone through getting there. We met with Jason, who is a visual artist. And uh, I'm going to put some of his work up. He has an amazing, amazing picture of Biggie. When you see it on, on my website, you're going to be like, yeah, that is really amazing. So he's a great um, picture of Biggie. So, and it's also on my website, JoycelynWells.com. I'm updating that right now. And um, I'm going to have a new, it'll be new and improved in a couple of days. I'll post something about it and I'll talk about it next week on the radio show. And um, my work this week was, we're not even gonna talk about it because I've already given it so much energy and I've decided I'm done talking about it. So if you heard me talk about it, you're lucky, but I'm not talking about it anymore. Um, next week is a lady that I met, her name is Shamir Falk. She's the owner of Dr. Locks. It's a natural hair care products. And you can look at her website now, it's Dr. Locks. I think it's drlocks.com. You can go to her website and look at her website and look at her products and, um, just a phenomenal woman, strong, independent, making her own rules as she goes along. And she is competing in a hair care field that has been dominated by a few companies for years, and she's making her mark on it. So I know one thing she has her mind on getting into Target. So out of you 83,000 or more listening, if you have any ends with Target, send them to my site so that they can see this person and get these products in their store. That would be a great gift for her. She's working on that and she's been interviewed all over the place. She'll be here next week. And then we're going to read a bedtime story tonight. Everybody loves the bedtime story. I was going to not do it and I was getting read the stories. So um, one of the things I haven't talked about with you guys is that I have a publishing company, right? So not only do I do my day thing and I write and um, on my own, so I'm an author, I have a publishing company and that's a small publishing house with, I think I have eight clients now. So I've published books for eight people. And uh, this one is by far one of my favorite just because of his story, right? All of them are great. And that's one of the things that I provide with my publishing company is that I want the new author to feel comfortable enough to um, put their words out there and to feel comfortable enough with the process. And that also entails on me taking care of their fears and making sure that they're 
getting what they need and making sure that they have a quality product to present and sell. So in the month of June, I'll have several of my authors come on and they'll read. Mainly I've, I've been um, caught with poets, right? So it's really interesting because I've kind of got into this poetry, these um, poems, this poetry books, I guess. I've got kind of caught into this where they're kind of sharing what they know about me and the company and sending people to me. So I'll have, um, I think three or four of my authors next month on to talk about their books and to share with you about their poems. So the book that I'm reading tonight is called uh, Bottom of the Map. And so let me tell you about it. I tell I meet everybody and they stick to me. Like my soul is like fly that fly tape. You come to me and you stick to my soul and hope some of you stick and some of you get away. Right. And I flick some of y'all off because y'all not good for me. <laughs> y'all don't want to die yet. Y'all don't want to stay happy. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, so there's a guy, his name is Stephen Leon Brown. And, um, I've known him since he was a little boy. So maybe he was four or five, maybe he was really young. His sister and I were friends because his mother and my mom were friends and that's how I met them. And you know, as the relationships go, we lost touch. So they moved, I think to Miami, my, we moved, I went off to college, my mom moved, you know, so we lost touch, but I connected with Dawn I don't even know. It wasn't on Facebook. I don't remember how it connected with his sister, but she told me at the time that um, her brother had been in prison. Steve called him Punky, right? Called him Punky. He had been in prison for like 11, 12 years at the time, and she never went into details why, you know, whatever. So, you know, we stayed in contact, she and I, and then when he got out of prison, I was talking to her and she was like, I just don't know what he's gonna do. He says he's written a book. And I told him that you wrote a book and he should talk to you. And you know, I was like, well, uh, I'll help him as much as I can, but I don't know, like, you know, I was new and I self-published. So I, I'm learning as I go. I say that all the time, I'm always learning. So I get with um, Steven, he and I talk and he wants to go and copy the book that he's handwritten, handwritten, 500 pages, handwritten book. He wants to copy the page and send it to me. So I recognize there's a technology gap between the fact that he's been in prison and I have not, right? And I'm using technology. So we arranged to have the book scanned in the PDF and sent on a thumb drive. And that's how I got the book on a thumb drive. So I literally took his book and typed every single word, transcribed it and got it to where it was digital. That's how it started. Now, as I'm doing this, I'm thinking, this is really crazy because why can't he just type it? You know, And then I had to stop thinking about it because I realized that I was given an opportunity to give somebody else an opportunity at life at having a life after spending 13 or so years in prison. And that's a big deal. So if you guys don't know anybody that's ever been to prison or if you haven't ever been to prison, and I haven't, but I believe in my mind that there's a huge gap of information lost when, you're, when you lose your freedom. So I think it took me about 
five, six months. I don't even remember. Cause at the same time that I'm doing his, I'm writing my second book, right? So I'm trying to transcribe his, I'm trying to write my own. But when I was transcribing his book, I'm telling you, I laughed, I cried, I was afraid. It gave me the gamut of emotions, like all of it I experienced in reading this book as I was getting it on paper. And I thought, man, he has an amazing mind. He literally has an amazing mind. And I was so proud of him. And and that was it. I was so proud of him. Like, holy crap, that you were in a space that I would consider myself lost completely. And you were able to write a whole novel. And um, we ended up publishing it in a tooth. And um, we were going to do a trilogy. It's called Bottom of the Map. So he decided that he was going to just make it a series so that he can continue the characters. So we have, this is the first one. There's a bottom of the map two that's out. And it just says first in the urban trilogy, second in the urban trilogy. And I think it's gonna change the third one, say third in the urban series, because that's when we're, we'll publish at that time. But we don't want to change the title since this is how it's already listed, you know, with copyright and stuff. So tonight I'm reading the bedtime story for Stephen. And uh, let's see, I got a message from, I don't know what this is. Oh, tonight I'm reading um, from Stephen's book, Bottom of the Map. And I asked him, he's at work, so he hasn't been able to, um, he's not able to listen, but I asked him what he wanted me to read. And there's a chapter called, And the Game Was Told. It's a long chapter, but I'll get started on I'll get started on it and maybe do it this week and next week. And then if I'm sure we won't finish it, but you guys of course can buy it. You can get it off my website, uh, Shape Publishing, and he has an author page. You're more than welcome to go check him out. He is good looking too, and he is about to see if I'm 49, almost 50, he's probably 30. He might be 40. I don't know. Maybe he's 40. I'll have to ask him. But he's a good-looking man, ladies. If you're looking, he's out there. All right. So I'm reading from the book. It's called Bottom of the Map. And that just talks about Palm Beach area of Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, Palm Beach, Miami. So he's talking about South Florida. That's where he did all of his stuff. Um that's what he's doing all of his that's what he was doing all of his business you know so this is the ser the setting for his book so and the game was told october 1st 2007 the present <clears throat> and he starts out love is not some affectionate sentimental emotion love is trust understanding and intelligence which in return brings compassion and that's an original quote by the author stephen brown i wish they would hurry up so you guys know I'm so dramatic already, so let me just tell you. It'll be different voices that I do because he has multiple characters in his book. So I'll probably do a little, you know, head shake or do a little something. You'll see. But just know I'm, I'm reading the book. I wish they would just hurry up, Tina thought to herself as she sat in the visitation lobby of the Palm Beach County Jail. She'd been there for the past hour waiting to see Trayvon. She hadn't seen or heard from him in almost three weeks and was starting to get worried. She missed him so much and prayed that Monique Baker would be able to get him a bond when he went out on his bond hearing tomorrow. If so, she was getting her baby out no matter what the amount was. 
she didn't care who she had to fuck or whose dick she had to suck. Her boo was coming home. After an hour and 45 minutes, she sat in the room waiting for Trayvon to come in. She didn't go with the rest of the visitors though. For some reason, Trayvon was in confinement. So he didn't get visits with the rest of the general population, which was fine with her because they had the room all to themselves. She didn't know why he had to always act a fool regardless. Trayvon was still her baby, no matter what he did. Finally, the lock popped, the door opened, and Trayvon walked through it, handcuffed, being escorted by a deputy that looked like he wanted to kill her baby. She couldn't hear what was being said because the two-inch glass separated them, but she knew some foul words were being exchanged before the deputy took the handcuffs off. Once they were off, Trayvon and the deputy stood nose to nose, and she was able to make out the words, state baby and peckerwood, because they yelled them as loud as they could. After a few more seconds of staring each other down, the deputy turned to leave. When Trayvon sat down, Tina picked up the phone and placed her hand on the glass. Trayvon picked, placed his hand where hers was and silently mouthed the words, I miss you, as he picked up the phone. Tears welled up in Tina's eyes. Why haven't you called, she asked as she wiped a tear from her cheek. I'm in lockdown, Trayvon answered, so I'm only allowed to call my attorney. <sighs> I'm not even about to ask you why you were in there, Tina chuckled. I cursed the judge out. Tina smiled. Mm, that's my baby. Sorry about getting your car towed. It's okay. They held it for a week, tearing it apart and searching it, but I got it back. Look, I don't trust these phones, so I need you to peep game. Shoot. When they called me and told me they had my car and what they found in it, I didn't know what to do. I waited four days for you to call, but you never did. I remember what you told me about the situation and who was supposed to make that situation hop off. I didn't know what to do, so I called that person, she was referring to Joey, and told him what was going on. Please don't be mad at me, Trey. I'm not. You did the right thing. I'm glad you did call. Tina smiled. He said that everything was all good and that he hoped you wasn't mad at him. He said that he was worried about you because he hadn't heard from you and his peoples hadn't either, whatever that meant. Anyways, he told me to find out what it would cost for an attorney and to come pick up some money after I did. He's real, he's real good peoples, Trey, because when I found one, he gave me all the money to pay her off, no questions asked. I got you a real good lawyer, baby. <clears throat> I know. She came to see me yesterday. A big smile swept across Tina's face as she shook her head. She's finer than a motherfucker, ain't she? That she is. I knew you would like her. I sure would like to put the pick on her. <clears throat> you might just get your wisp, Trayvon replied. I'm going to get at shawty. I don't think you're going to be able to do it, Trey. I know your game tight and all, but I don't think Monique going to go for it. What you want to put on it, Trayvon asked casually. Head on command for a month. Deal. You got 30 days. Nah, Trayvon said. She ain't even want me to call her by her first name. Shot it real uptight, real prissy. I'll go one better. I'll give you 60 days from tomorrow. Why tomorrow? Because you're coming home tomorrow. How are you so sure about that? Because I know how good Monique is. She's Dexter's lawyer, too. She just got him out on a trafficking charge about two months ago. She got his ass out on bond ASAP, so I know she's going to be able to do something with your case. I hope so. 
There was a short silence as Trayvon gazed into Tina's eyes. Trey? Yes, princess. I've been meaning to ask you something. Shoot. Why, Tina asked. Why what, Tina? Why me? Why did you invest so much in me? I was 17, Trey. Young, dumb, and had nothing to offer you. Out of all the women in the world, why did you choose to mold me? Trayvon took a deep breath. Do you remember, do you still remember the things I told you the day I gave you the game, Tina? Every word of it, Tina answered. If I hadn't, I wouldn't be hit where I am today, Trey. The things you told me that day have been engraved in my heart, in my mind, to this day to keep me going. That's what I live by. How could I ever forget? Trayvon smiled. So you remember the part about how hateful a woman can be? Yes. I left out the other parts of that because I didn't feel like it was necessary for you to hear it then. Please, Trey, tell me. Trayvon looked into Tina's eyes thinking about the first time he saw her. Time had flown by so fast. He couldn't believe it had been six years. He cherished every day, every moment he spent with her. Tina, I'm ex I'ma explain to you the best way I know how so you'll understand what I'm trying to say. Trayvon looked up in deep thought before speaking again. A woman, a woman is like a flower. She's fragile, she's delicate. She needs certain elements to grow. Water, sun, air. These are the elements a flower needs to grow. And when given these elements, it'll radiate whatever it absorbs and blossom into something beautiful. But without those elements, it'll wither up and become something ugly. A woman is no different. Love, understanding, affection. These are the elements that a woman needs to blossom. When she absorbs these elements, she radiates something beautiful. What I'm trying to say is, the same way a woman can hate you, she can love you. Once a woman absorbs the elements she needs, the love and loyalty she radiates is so genuine, so precious, so beautiful. Like I told you before, you were a flower that was bound to blossom regardless of what. I just gave you what you needed to grow. My thesis must be right because your love and loyalty has been unconditional throughout the years you've been in my life. I don't know what I would do without you. You'll never have to find out, Tina said. I'm going to always be here for you, Trey. The lights flickered, indicating the visit was over. Tina placed her hand on the glass as Trayvon did the same. I'll be here to pick you up tomorrow, she said as tears welled up in her eyes. One fell from Trayvon's, leaving a rivulet on his cheek. I'll be here waiting. All right, that's the end of our bedtime story tonight. That was good, right? I told you he was an excellent writer. His name is Stephen L. Brown, Bottom of the Map. You can get this off of Amazon.com. You can also get it off the website. He has an author page on there. You can go and order it there. I'll read some more of it next week. But I told you he was good. And he wrote that while he was in prison. I'm telling you, creative. And that's the thing we have to allow people to do, express their natural ability to do whatever it is right all right so we're going to get ready to wrap our show up we had a great bedtime story first of all let me back up we had a great guest jason and we've only had two men on the show and wasn't he just handsome we didn't i didn't even ask if he was single and stuff dang i'm slipping i gotta find out more personal information he seems to love what he does he's very creative and he likes to just go with how he feels that's good. So we had Jason on the show. He was great. So I'm very grateful for him. I'll put his um, social media and pictures of his artwork on my website and on um, also Facebook and Instagram. We talked about me and my transition. And, I, you know, it's joy exposed. I'm not going to keep anything from you guys. 
amazingly, I can talk about all of it. And I'm just trying to figure out it, figure it out every day. And we'll probably figure it out together. What do we need to do next to get to the next thing? But one thing I know for sure is that I want to be free. I want to be free and I want to be loved. And I definitely want to be happy. And I want to provide the same thing for my children, right? I got to make sure that I provide a framework and a path for them to travel to find their own happiness. So I'm always going to talk about my stuff because I know y'all be ashamed to talk about y'all stuff. Y'all feel like y'all got to keep it to yourself. I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm telling. Sharing it. Y'all can help me get over it. So um, there's also a level of peace and freedom in owning my own business. And I can't even believe I'm saying that out loud. I'm owning my own business. I have clients that are waiting for me to do work. Um, I have a book that I'm publishing right now by David Sassern. Um, one of my authors has completed another poetry book. She's about ready to put that out. I have a new uh, Tiffany Mitchell just put her book out. She received them and uh, they had a matte finish. So she was so unhappy in tears. So we reordered her book with the glossy finish. That And that was my fault. And I told her, you know, my bad, my error. I selected Matt. We now have Glossy and it's, the books are on the way. So hopefully, you know, you got to keep the clients happy. You know, they want a service. I'm providing it for them. And um, and it's difficult to give your art to someone else to package it and get ready to sell it. So that's for Tiffany. So um, we'll have her on next month to talk about her book. And it's definitely a coming out for her. And I'll try to get Crystal on. Crystal she is busy all the time too. So I'll try to get her to come on and talk a little bit too. So I'm going to showcase some artists in June, some um, writers in June to put their stuff out there and hopefully get them some book sales or some opportunity to do some readings and um, uh, book signings in some places. So we're going to wrap up now. We have um, a special thank you to Weep Turn Pages 2 out of Oakland. That's who hosted me last week. The sweetest, sweetest ladies. If you're in Oakland, if anywhere in the Bay Area and you're looking for a book club, look up um, Turning Pages and We Turn Pages too. They have an extensive uh, range, different levels of their um, book club to make sure that you're getting what you need at each stage of your life. And that was really good for me. I love talking to the ladies. So that was great. Um, don't forget, I'll be in Houston on June 22nd for a girls' night in with Danae. That's going to be fun. I don't think I've spent any time in Houston. Tonight's show was great. And then next week, we have Shamir Falk with Dr. Locks. And I've been talking with her publicist, trying to make sure I had everything ready for them next week. So it's Joyce Lynn Wells with Joy Exposed. And remember, when Joy is exposed, everything just feels better. And this is BFAM 109.6. I'll see you guys next Thursday. Mwah. Thank you so much for spending your evening with me. Good night.